welcome to Grid Talks, your weekly RC podcast, with your hosts Russell Lee and Chris Bowden, bringing you the latest RC news and interviews from around the world. Sit back and enjoy as we talk RC Hello cars. and welcome to Grid Talk, your weekly RC racing podcast, with your hosts myself Russell Lee and as always the fantastic Chris Bowden. How you doing Chris? Mate, I am not too bad, good week. Perfect. Same for me. Same for me. Before we get into it, though, let's say a massive thank you to our sponsors. So thank you to CML Distribution and, of course, Schumacher Racing, the people that keep us on air every week, occasionally throw us some prizes and do masses and masses for RC around the UK, Europe, and also the world. So, guys, thanks very much. We really appreciate all you do for us. So, Chris, the big one tonight, a reedy factory driver. Well, you know, we only ever get the best on, don't we? That's right. I just hope we can understand his accent and he can understand mine. Well, he's a bit northern. Well, you know. Let's go looking for Ben Jemison, mate. And with the power of editing, Jemo should be there now. How you doing, Ben? Hello. Hello, I'm all right. Are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How's everything keeping? Yeah, all good. As as normal as uh, normal can be at the minute, I guess. Excellent. Obviously, you know Russ as well, don't you? Hello, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, for those that um, don't know him, why don't you, is number one. But this is Ben Jemison, uh, Team CML AE, uh, Reedy Factory. Um, what else do you run, Ben? Next Level uh, RC. Yeah, Next Level RC was just something I came up with a few years ago. Um, I don't know. I, I just started improving my like wiring as, as the years went along, and then one day just came up with next level next level wiring that's what I, I seem to call it and then things just sort of kicked off and I thought well maybe I could do something more with it so yeah I just made a bit of a name and a logo and and just made a bit of a brand I guess yeah you are I, don't, re- I don't sell anything as such but just yeah. you are the reason all the wires in all my cars <clears throat> are black <laughs> it's your fault it's my fault. Yeah. Everyone's going in the inside their electric. As soon as, soon as, I, soon as I unsolded that red lead off the speed and put a black one on, I was like, man, <laughs> that is it. <laughs> I'm the reason for all the warranty voids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can tell warranty on race stuff, mate. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, let, let's get let's get back to the start with you, Ben. We like to go, you know, right to the start with all our guests and talk about how they've um, come up through the ranks or whatever, you know. So. Take us back to when you were younger and where you grew up and what was your first sight of an RC car and how did you get into racing? Yeah, um, well, I was I was born in York and, and I've lived in the same place ever since. Um, <clears throat> remote control car racing uh, actually came about because there was a... I, I was more interested in just riding my bikes as a kid. I don't know, from up until... Well, eight years old or so and uh, there was someone that uh, I used to ride bikes with that was a bit older and he he said one Saturday oh I'm I'm off to race remote control cars at, at Huntington School in York yeah and I said all oh, right okay so he said why don't you come and watch so I went and did that and went and watched for a few weeks and then we we went to model sports and got just a generic uh rear motor two-wheel drive car really basic sort of thing uh, it was called a, a shidori uh, I, I wouldn't think many people have heard of that brand. i haven't no <clears throat> um so yeah i got that and it came with a a washboard speedo which was absolutely useless it it would just melt itself 
within within a few minutes. So then got a, an Mtronic Speedo um, <laughs> playing with fire, of course. Yeah. Um, and then went and took it to York off-road car club, and I think I used that for a few weeks. Actually, I must have done. And then upgraded to a, a Schumacher Fireblade, um, and then I've just, I guess, just carried on ever since, really. Um, just did the the general thing where you start racing at a club, and then oh, we run, we run indoor regionals, and yeah, do that outdoor regionals, and maybe you should try the national sort of thing, and and it's just it sort of evolved. Um, but I think I'm probably in that category of I managed to get past the point of like 18 years old where i stuck with it yeah uh, that's what i seem to notice as a kid that most people got to the point where they they got a car full-size car and that was it you know the thing other things take over and i just sort of i stuck with it i guess yeah yeah when i started driving i went racing once in my own car <clears throat> yeah and that was it <laughs> i didn't that go was, again that was enough yeah. yeah i didn't go again then yeah yeah, yeah until the next time round. So <laughs> how long did it take before you were you you came back to it sort of thing? So I I knocked it on the head in ninety three and then I came back yeah. in two thousand and I and I've got an eighth car. Oh right, okay. Yeah. So it was long it, it was a big old gap. And then I knocked it on the head again in two thousand and eight. I went yeah. karting for a year but I was too fat. I couldn't keep the weight off. Uh, <laughs> and then and then I came back properly again in two thousand and when the micros were massive, 2014, I suppose, maybe maybe yeah. before yeah, yeah. 2013, and I've been back in as a long stretch this time round. Where did that disappear? So you know, micro racing. I think. Uh, I, mean, that, I think that was so big. Uh, the the there was a battery roar came out where you couldn't use soft cell lipos anymore, yeah, um, okay. but the BRCA blanket blanketed the whole thing, and the, and unfortunately, the, everyone had batteries. Um, and the batteries were going to be 40, 40, 50 quid each. You know, right. there was no cheap ones about. And I think that was what, because obviously, obviously every person had to go out and buy new batteries. Sure. Um, and, and I think, if I'm honest, mate, because I loved the micros, it was class. I did the, the National Series and everything up and down the country, hotels, the works. It was, you know, it was a, it was a banging series. But I think 10th cars got better. Yeah, yeah, that's because it was because it, at the Dudley and there was no one running tenth. There was the odd four wheel drive and that was it. And then when the B five came to an end and the B six came out, two wheel drive took off massively. Yeah, yeah. At, at the same time, I saw whether that, that when that was just what I saw Dudley, so it's got to have been possibly countrywide as well. Interesting. It, it's yeah. not a class I've ever had anything to do with. As yeah. Micros, no, I think yeah. another problem. Micros. Another problem with it was. The, this class was supposed. It was supposed to be a cheaper alternative. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a GT12, wasn't it? Yeah. But then, yeah. So then, by the time you'd actually you bought the car, and the car ran out of the box, but of course, then everybody wanted the CVDs, and then everybody had to put gear diffs in, and then yeah. you needed the alley motor plate because otherwise the motors you were running. Anti roll bars. Then yeah. you needed the anti roll bar kit. Yeah. Then you needed the suspension kit. Then you needed the yeah. alley the alley shock hubs. Now you need all these bits. And you need all that bit. You might as well have just yeah. gone to the States and, and race stuff. The last season as well, Charisma, in, in, um, I, don't, I don't think invented the right word, but they bought to the market a, a small censored motor for the micros. Yeah. You know, and, and obviously three of those were like 25, 30 quid hobby wing specials. Sure. You know, yeah. and then you got 
Um, what's that really fa- that fast touring Cosgrove called Ben Cosgrove? Ben Cosgrove. He turned up with an XR10. He turned up with a hundred and eighty pound XR10 in the car. Really? Yeah, the year the year he won. I'm not saying that's the only reason he won, but you can see the ex- the extremes it went to. Yeah. You know, from yeah. from a bit of fun to like you know top touring car driver turns up with all the with a you know a two hundred pound a car a speedo two hundred pound speedo when we were, yeah I don't know I'm going on I'm going on. You know, no, no odd I feelings, think, Ben. I'm just using you as an example, mate. If no, you listen, you know, not right. you, Ben. The think, yeah. Ben Cosgrove. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's. Um, I think that is like uh, entry level motorsport all over. You know, yeah. it's just people just when there's if it's open, then the guy with the quickest car doesn't always win. But if if there's like corners to be cut and and things like that with equipment on a stock class yeah then it just gets out of hand it's, it becomes, it's the same with various hobbies yeah it becomes a budget thing doesn't yeah. it it becomes the person it's not the person with the biggest level of skill that wins it's the person with the biggest level of budget yeah. Yeah. like you look yeah. you look at the stock in the states where at a big meeting they'll fry a couple of packs of lipos and just chuck them in the bin yeah. at the end of it and yeah. it's just like if you really want to go faster, why don't you just put an eight and a half in, yeah, or a seven and a half, and just call it quits? And then it it don't matter whether you preheat your batteries and charge them at a hundred C and do all this mm. stuff. You just go fast because you've got a more powerful yeah. motor. Stop lie, stop lying to yourself. Just yeah, exactly. I, I digress slightly, but it's a similar sort of thing. The um, with the the rallying, there's a a 1400 cc class and uh it's it's gone a bit stale recently but the when it was sort of big a few years ago i mean the the engines that they had in these cars were like absolute screamers but like the 1400 cc class was like it was meant to be you know entry level stuff and these guys were spending like tens of thousands of pounds on these engines and they'd only run some of them for like a couple of events before yeah. they needed rebuilding it yeah. was just obscene but it doesn't it doesn't do anything for for the, the sport at all um no. obviously they sound cool but it just means that things are very expensive and it it puts people off yeah, yeah. um but anyway so who, with with your um with your rc racing where did you realize you were good um you know when you, obviously when you started doing the nationals and stuff and then you went on to do some Euros, and obviously you went up. Yeah, you, went, you, did, you did the Reader Race in America a couple of times as well. I mean, what? I suppose it depends what your class is good. Is is good winning a club meeting or a regional, or I guess it what it depends what you yeah uh, you base it on. I mean, I I'm one of them people that's uh, <laughs> too too harsh on myself to be perfect if that makes sense with the rc racing yeah um like for me a perfect run doesn't happen that often and and it could even be just like i rolled over but landed back on my wheels and like how was your run ben it was all right yeah i lost a second and <laughs> do you know what i mean but um i mean as far as being good i mean robin hood massively like moved me forwards because up until that point, I'd never, never really had a track that, you know, I could go to and spend days there. Yeah. Um, and when we were building that track, I mean, obviously we, we couldn't really practice too much until it was finished because there was 
there wasn't Astro on everywhere until until it was really finished. Um, but that it just meant that I could I could just literally spend a day there and and just try and improve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> it's a difficult question. That when when did you know you were good? I, yeah. I, I don't really know. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just carried enough. on. I carried on with what I was doing and just and the results sort of started to come. Yeah. Um, I obviously had a lot of help from. Uh, from Bradders, um, yeah, that that was a big step forward, you know. Just, I guess, taking me under his wing and teaching me, teaching me lots of stuff, and uh, took me travelling. That was good, you know. We went all over racing. That was that was a lot of fun. And it's only now that you realise how much we were doing at the time and going places. Yeah, we we offer every weekend. Oh yeah, I mean the. <laughs> I think it was it was something like 2014. It got to the end of the year, and I think there was only like half a dozen week, weekends when I hadn't been somewhere. And in you know in in that time, there'd have been weeks when I'd been away, you know, doing a Euros or a Euros warm up or whatever. But um, it's <laughs> it's not quite uh, it's not quite practical when you know you get a bit older and take uh, a bit more of a lead role with a business or yeah. whatever that's that sort of um that came into to my life a lot yeah. more taking more interest in the family business um yeah just circumstances change i guess yeah so and then somehow you ended up at the really race in america uh yeah give How us a story about how that happened i'm just trying to think which year was the first time we went? It must have been 2012, I think, or maybe 13. It, it was around that time anyway. Yeah. Um, so it, it, well, I guess it just started that I, I did the Euros for a few years and then went and did the Worlds in in Finland. Yeah. And then it was it was almost like what's, uh, in fact, no backtrack a little bit i i went to um the j concepts clash uh which was in miami um that was 2008 i think um so i, I always wanted to go back to america because I, I just you know really enjoyed it and um I, I guess that was just on the bucket list of events to go and do uh it was a lottery um you know entry system for the open class yeah. Uh, that's that's the only class I've ever been <laughs> good yeah. enough did, to go and do. Did many Brits uh, go over with you? Uh, yeah, there was uh, Bradders and Craggy and Lee Martin was there. I think Neil Round went actually, but I might be wrong with that. I think Lee took his family as well. Yeah, it was just a nice group of people. Uh, yeah. Not loads and loads, but. Um, but yeah, yeah, we had a real good, a real good laugh, and you know, to go to, to the Associated Factory, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. You know, that was just <laughs> like at that time, you know, when you you're of an age where things still like massively impress you with remote control cars. Yeah. And to just literally walk into a, a factory and walk in through the, the stalls, and there's just a box of caster blocks on the floor, and it's like. Oh my god! I've never ever seen so many parts in a box. Yeah, it was just full. It was amazing. Um, so yeah, that, I guess that's that's how the Reedy Race came about. Just it was on the bucket list. And, yeah. 
So uh, in, I have a feeling actually it maybe just restarted. I think anyway. I think yeah. the first time I went was maybe the first year that it returned to um, to America. Yeah, I might have that wrong, but I'm not sure. So was that at OCRC or was that at no? A... That was at West Coast, um, right. which it, it was just. It was just OCRC, but it was West Coast. Yeah. Um, but two different places to drive. It was odd. It, it was like we went and practiced at OCRC, and you know, you know, you, you feel like you're getting somewhere, and and then you go to the Reedy race and just think, I'm useless. Yeah. <laughs> like the there was just so many good people there. I mean, it, it just attracts such a, a good quality field you know the open class so so how did you plant the seeds to, to um get your factory drive with reedy then while you were there did you just uh, walk up and ask were you cheeky and go in no, a chance not, or how, how does it work no not in the slightest i think i think prior to um prior to the the reedy race you know i'd, I'd been to uh the world's warm-up in finland and and the world and just generally made friends with all the americans with that were there you know we were going out on a on an evening having beers and just um i mean if you're friendly with people then it it can get you places i guess um i I would never tell anyone that all my i don't know sort of deals and stuff come from come from results it's you know half of it is being nice to people and just generally being helpful um so it, it doesn't matter how how quick you are sometimes if you if you're sort of uh, not the nicest person around the track then people don't always want you um and then so then i was obviously running reedy stuff via cml at that point yeah um and then left cml to to go to schumacher um you know at the time that was just just what happened it was these houses no it was the the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the car wasn't the B five. The B five M wasn't the best car at the time, was it? You know, we've um, I've been on a couple of podcasts over the last few years, and you know that that subject comes up. Um, it, it was just at a time when things weren't progressing very quickly at, um, at Associated on on the you know the high grip side. Yeah, of I mean they were still at the B forty four three and the and the and the five M didn't we? Yeah, um, I mean, why why would it? Why would you change something if you know at that time on dirt they well they they always have the the best cars on dirt to Team Associated yeah. and there wasn't anything wrong with their cars on on their surfaces so it was it was like when you're thousands of miles away on uh, tracks that are evolving it's difficult to keep up with stuff so we ended up going down the the sort of homemade route of hybrid cars and and you know they were they were really good the things we were making but um oh the yeah cars because you did factory, what did you do was you it b b4 front end and a 44 back end b44 back end yeah and middle and then um a b5 front end yeah um i mean at that time the that car was just amazing in its sort of um if, if the grip was there it was just a phenomenal thing to yeah. drive I, i'm actually it it's just needs electrics and i'm going to try it again next time yeah next time and wherever i'm gonna yeah. 
bring it out and see see how it compares sort of thing yeah. I, I built um, a b6 version uh, with a 64 back end uh, oh yeah yeah and the thing was awesome but it was the car was too good for me it was like he was asking for so much more in the corners you know what I mean but if you just give it that little yeah, bit too much aggressive. power it, the back end came out like a Mark II Escort you know what I mean yeah. and it but it was but if you could get it to, to grip man the thing corner speed was unreal yeah yeah they are but it, I, was, I was it was hard to drive it was hard to drive properly you know what I mean yeah I've, I've probably mentioned this in the past but um, at that time when when we were messing about with prototypes and concepts and all that sort of stuff um mick uh crag arrived at robin hood for a, just a, a cml test day we'll call it yeah and he'd made what i think was it was a hybrid car on a c4.1 chassis i think it had a b4 front end and a b44 back end and middle yeah. like cram crammed into a into a centro chassis i'm sure that's what it was and i mean neil drove it for well all day and it was phenomenal it was just so fast yeah obviously piloted by neil and at the end of the day mick just said oh just just let ben and james have a go with it james helliwell yeah and i kid you not between me and james we couldn't drive it we just could not we couldn't even drive it around the corners yeah it it just turned up its its own ass it was just <laughs> like a if there was an advert for neil's natural talent it was there it yeah. was just he's just phenomenal he can drive anything he really can um so yeah that that was uh that was sort of hybrid cars in 2014 and i'll, I'll try and do my best to return to reedy um so that that was what happened uh things were changing at you know, CML and Associated and um, ended up at Schumacher. Um, and when I left CML, obviously I just thought I'm going to have to run Hobbywing or whatever was there at the time at Schumacher. Yep. And uh, Rick Howart just sent me an email saying, obviously I've noticed you've left uh, CML. We're still trying to, you know, keep the, the Reedy brand out there. Uh, would you be interested in running the electrics just in your Schumacher cars if, if Schumacher will agree? And and I think Schumacher sort of thought, well, if, if we don't have to help him out with electrics, then that would, you know, that but, would yeah. sort of help both parties. So, yeah, they were happy to do it. And, and ever since, I've just um, sort of carried on yeah, with it. Yeah, they well they really, really have been good to me. Uh, I would never have expected... Uh, them to do that it, they've just been spot on um so yeah thank, thanks to them really cool man so have you been busy uh upgrading any of this year's electrics in the cars or have you just been um, playing with your 492 b4s it's uh no i haven't upgraded anything really um i didn't think it was fair to order loads and loads of stuff from you know Reedy and people like that for because I knew I wasn't at that time going to be racing anywhere I, I had I had my cars I had my electrics I just didn't think it was it was fair for them to be sending sending products so um 
so I haven't really upgraded anything as such. Um, just just stuck to the the vintage scene really, um, and that it's been it's been a right load of fun. There's something about trying to collect collect parts that aren't aren't available anymore and just sniffing around seeing who's got what and so and so's got that and he needs that part and have you got this for for him and keith um, was saying this a lot about the hunt he he said he was looking for a motor couldn't find couldn't find one for ages and then he found one in a car that the bloke hadn't listed properly so he yeah. bought the car, got the motor, sold the car on. You know what I mean? That's the depth, Chris, these guys go to to, to yeah. get oh, what they want yeah, to make because it's got to be right. I mean, I, uh, I've been exactly the same. My uh, my nephew thinks that I've bought him a, an SC10B yeah. because because I'm a good uncle, but it's just that it had some aluminium upgrades on it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor lad. Yeah, it's like... Um... I mean, I, I don't really get into the vintage stuff. Um, it's not really my kind of thing. But, like, the one vintage I've got is the, obviously, Mod Factory Team B3. We spoke about it before. And for the life of me, I cannot find the box art modified on it. It was, um, I've got the, the box art. It was LRP IPC Speedo, LRP yeah. Receiver. And because it was the factory team, they all had different levels, didn't they? So the higher level you went, it specified higher electrics in it. Right. So with it being the factory team, I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll go for this. And for the love of God, I cannot find a Reedy Fury modified anywhere. Oh, I've got loads of them. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> it I wouldn't surprise me. Sorry, you, own, you own every RC10B4 in the country now, don't you? Uh, not not quite. Not um, quite. There's a couple out there. <laughs> but it it just seems to be one of them things where it becomes a bit of an addiction almost. Um, and then certain parts are obviously hard to get, so you end up buying like lots of uh, you know a car with spares to because it's got a certain part with it. Like you know, like Keith said he was doing. Um, yeah. Uh, but I, oh yeah, I've just become obsessed with it. But in my in my defence, it's much better to keep busy than just sit at home doing nothing. Yeah. Which which I would never do anyway, because yeah. you know our our business just it doesn't allow for that. So um, yeah, but just on an evening and stuff, it's been really nice just to have something to do with with lockdown. I mean, there's you know plenty of people that are in a worse sort of position. Um, but that's just kind of what I've been doing anyway. Um, Alexander just, Haywood was telling me that he wanted one of your Kinboard shelves. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, how many has he got? I I did have... Um, I had three, I think. Um, I have a feeling that I went to the... Re- it must have been the Reedy race. Um, and I'd asked Brian before I went... Uh, and he said, "Oh yeah, I'll I'll bring you something." And then when I got there, he gave me a a B four, a B forty four, and a and a T four body shell. It was just like, oh my god, no way! Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think I gave one to James Helliwell and then one to Graham Hunter, just a yeah. real real good friend of mine. Um, and then I kept the the B four one for myself. Brilliant. What was Kim Ward like? Oh, just a just a nice, really nice guy, genuine guy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, a clever I, one. I mean, too. obviously, not not someone that I, I knew terribly well, but you know, he was always friendly and always willing to chat. That you know, just that sort of person. Yeah. And you know, I he wouldn't know, he wouldn't really know who I was. I was just a, a random random racer sort of thing. But um, that was you know part of the um, the next level stuff was uh, from Kinwald because he had, had been to a race and noticed all the machining on his shocks and stuff and I thought well I, I can do that when I get home so I just started messing about on the lathe and doing stuff like that but <clears throat> I guess he was one of the first people that was machining the anodizing off stuff yeah uh, but yeah just a just just one of them really nice people in the industry um, and someone that stuck at it for so long um, with you know along with health problems and stuff uh, I think the the first time I met him would have been the the J Concepts Clash in 2008 when he was running for um, for X Factory, and uh, I'm sure at the time he was like he'd just been really really ill, and it, it wasn't someone I knew of, but you know when you were at that meeting you you could tell he was a uh, a legend of the sport just the way people sort of. Um, treated him and spoke to him and all that sort of stuff um but i mean it when i look at the lossy kinwald edition stuff that that gets sold and and stuff it, it's just obscene money some of it and that just shows you what you know what people thought of him they you know they that they, they want one of his cars sort of thing yeah um so yeah just just a general nice guy nice yeah. Um, unfortunately, again, not with us. It was a, a great shame when he went, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, far too young to to go. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'd he'd had previous health problems and um, hell, could he smoke? If there wasn't a cigarette in his hand, it, it, it was almost like there was something wrong. You know, yeah. when. Um, when we were racing outdoors, he was always smoking. <laughs> so, uh, so, tell us about your your Euros events. What was your, what were your best results at the Euros? Uh, I think I think we went to Bilbao in Spain in um, 2009. That was a, a fairly average sort of um, results, uh, along with I think I did it up until. I'm just trying to think when when the last one I would have done. When was Robin Hood Euros? Was that 2017? Yeah. I can't even remember it so long since. I think I missed the year before, and that was probably the first year I'd had off. Yeah. So the first race um, when you went to, did you, uh, did you drive or did you fly? Uh, we, we drove, I think. But that was a road trip and a half. I'm, I'm 99% sure that Tom Cockerell uh, and his parents took me. I think so. Anyway, God, you're asking now. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure we drove. It was miles. Anyway, yeah. it was miles and miles. So, which was your fa- um, which was your favourite one that you'd done? I've I've just I've just realised something. I, I, I tell a lie. Go I on. think I think we flew. Yeah. And I, I think I was sharing a, 
a hotel room with with Tom Cockrell. I think that's correct. Yeah, that's 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 so long since. I can't even remember what the question was now. You've got me thinking. I asked, <laughs> if, I asked if you drove or not. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so which which, a, which, which was your which was your favourite Euros? My favourite Euros. They've, they've all been fun. Um, for probably the main reason being that just the banter in the in the pits. Yeah. You, you're in a in a foreign country with all your well best mates. You know the the people that you see every weekend and yeah. go racing with. Um, having some beers, just racing your remote control cars and just having a good crack, and it. Like I said, pre you know before the, it's only recently that you realise what a good time you were having and what you were doing, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, when it's all sort of taken away, um, I wouldn't really know which Euros would the, was the best. Um, they've all just been good fun for one reason or another. Um, I mean, obviously, Robin Hood would. Euros was good. I think that <clears throat> they, they were probably my best results. Um, but it was my home track, and and you would expect that sort of thing. Yeah. So do you like um, racing um, tenth on dirt? Uh, yeah. More so than when, Astro, or when things are working right, it's 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 really good fun. Um, but finding that sweet spot racing on on clay is it's not like Astro where you can you can sort of blag it you know your car's maybe not quite right the the, the grip from whatever's not not as it is on other people's cars but you just you can just sort of drive around it and change your driving style to suit whereas dirt you've just got to be so much more critical with everything working right the setup's just got to be right the tyres have got to be good and but when it is right it just feels brilliant I mean I I must admit, I don't, I don't so much like the typical Euros blown out sort of ape scale track. That that doesn't really entertain me too much. I find them a bit big and clumpy tracks. You know, ape scale tracks that we're running ten scale cars on. Yeah. Um, but if you if you compared it to somewhere like um, France, you know, when we went to France, that was that was good indoors. Um, places like that are, are good. Um, and obviously, in, indoors on an, an American track with source tyres is is brilliant. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't mind racing on on any surface really. Uh, I, I do enjoy low grip racing um, when it's rained. That's that adds to the to the challenge. That sort of separates separates people almost. Uh, Russ loves outdoor racing in the rain as well, don't you, Russ? I do when it's <laughs> I do when it's when it's for something. I set you up there, Chris, didn't I? Oh, no, mate. It, it's, nice almost like, it's almost yeah. like we discussed this earlier, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, uh, for those of you who didn't know, it rained the weekend and Russ refused to go out. He's a big girl. I know. I know. Not only, hold on. Not only, Russ, did you refuse to go out because you're a big girl, <sighs> what did your young child continue to do in, that you didn't do? Oh, he carried on racing. Yeah. So there uh, you go. It's, yeah. it's nice that he's learned properly from somebody, not... Yeah. You know, well, he, ain't gonna, he hasn't got to clean the car, has he? So, but I'll be fair, Chris. The, the car didn't come off that dirty, actually. A quick blast of your compressor, um, and, and there was hardly any dirt on it at all. So, it's not like, not like going racing at Kitty in the, in the wet, <laughs> when your car's filthy afterwards. 
I think it's just the, the fact that that compressor will mm. <laughs> it'll blow the paint off the car shells as yeah. well. It's pretty. Uh... Yeah. I didn't pack my stuff up until like the fourth round because I thought, oh, you know, it'd be wet for one round, and then it obviously it rained all day. Didn't it? it snowed before the finals, and I was like, I'm definitely not going out now, you know. But I was hoping it'd dry up again for the finals or something. You know, in, um. in April when I ran random. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, have you have you been up to much racing? I haven't seen I haven't seen that you've been back out on track. Um, no, all, I mean, but... what's um, I'm just trying to think of the last time I went. It would probably have been it must have been like the Kidderminster meetings just oh, yeah, before yeah, Summer Series, didn't you last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm just trying to think whether I went anywhere after that. Um, probably not. No, but um, I'm supposed to be going in and doing a a bit of a work day at, at Robin Hood this weekend. Um, obviously, the track's track's not open yet, but it should be in a, a few weeks' time, I think. Uh, there was possibly talk of going to Southport in a couple of weeks. I'd like to go there. Uh, I'm I'm keen to go racing. Um, it's just you know what what to go and do sort of thing. Uh, I know it's quite a few people have sort of switch to the um to the ape scale uh class just to i think so they can go and do some meetings that mean something yeah um i mean temp scale sort of uh decided very early on that you know they weren't gonna commit to any series and yeah. just have another year of, of of not doing it um yeah. whether it was too early to decide i don't know if i was in there sort of shoes i i wouldn't be like to have been the person that said oh yeah, yeah let's get let's get everything going let's do some nationals and then in two months time when the the country goes back into a lockdown um best of luck getting your money back on your hotels and this that and the other yeah. um in my opinion i think it's the right decision not to commit to any series just the uncertainty um i just don't think it's fair for people to to book stuff and and then for you know UK lockdowns or whatever you can't go that that reason and and it's not to say that there, there won't be you know regional lockdowns and whatever and then that really isn't fair for people that oh, I, I can go but you can't go sort of thing which you know that yeah. that was happening last year yeah um yeah so as soon as you know as soon as some meetings to do I'll, I'll i'll go and do them sort of thing um the only problem i have is that being in york it involves traveling um 50 miles plus uh robin hood's my you know closest outdoor track uh, and that's bang on 50 miles door to door so it's i know it's just 50 miles but it's a it is a big commitment to to go and do well, that yeah you got, I, mean, if, I mean if you're doing 50 more you're gonna be there for the day yeah it's not like you can pop, oh, up, pop up on the night for a couple um, of hours is it no, no, um, and and like I say, that is my closest one. So for me to go and do Kidderminster, you know, that's that's a few hours and generally a hotel. Um, and I I did try last year and and do testing and stuff, and <laughs> the rain sort of ruined that on on a couple of occasions. Um, so yeah, that when there's stuff to go and do, I'll I'll go and do it sort of thing. Um, always feel a bit guilty with you know sponsors and and things you know the when they when they sort of stick by you but there's not not events that you feel um 
you, 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 you're doing something for them right now, mate. Well, yeah. Right that's, that's this true. second, you are. Yeah, absolutely. Other yeah. yeah. mean, drivers take note. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we spoke today, didn't we, Russ, about maybe going up and doing a Southport. Yeah. So, um, if we can, we'll try and match calendars with you, Gemma. It'll be good to see you up there again. Yeah, well. You can have Russ's space in the AE gazebo, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling it, it was the. I think it was maybe something like the 25th. Well, it's know, funny it you say that. Cause I've just pulled the race calendar up and I said to Russ, because Russ asked me today, do you fancy going to tell uh, Southport in the next few weeks? I said, yeah, mate, as long as there's nothing on or it's on a weekend where, like, Telford do the Saturdays at the minute. They're not doing yeah. the Sundays. So I've, I said to Russ, yeah, we'll go on one of them ones. And funnily enough, the next one that's available in my race calendar is the 25th. Maybe that's it then. If this month? I, um, yeah. Do you, this go, do you want to go? Do you want to go? I know, yeah. I know I'll go, I'll, about it. <laughs> I'll go if Gemma. I'll go if Gemma is going. If it's oh. just you for us now. Okay. <laughs> I can't be like, out for a day. Like that. It, I, I'm not quite sure on entries and stuff what, what the crack is with stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, I'll, I'll have a look into that. So are, are any close to getting out in the rally car? What are your rules uh, like in, in a motorsport for that? No, there's um, rallying is one of them sort of uh, them hobbies that is a bit unique as far as restrictions go because the the biggest problem with it is that it's mixing households because you've got in a navigator the car, in the car, yeah. Um, single seater racing on a on a circuit is so much more straightforward and. Uh, doing under COVID rules yeah. because single occupancy. Um, but believe it or not, uh, rallying they actually class as an indoor sport. Some people, okay, um, because it's inside the car. Yeah. Um, so there's there's that, but also um, the Forestry Commission have uh, in England have extended their ban on uh, motorsport in the forests up until September so other than going to Wales um, there isn't anything really happening in the forests here which is yeah. what I, I try and do um, however that being said I've had my heart set on doing the um, the RAC rally the, the Roger Albert Clark yeah. um, so, oh, for the last however many years you know I've, I've been to watch it for, for years and years but always said once the car was done and you know i was happy with um being capable of driving it sort of thing i'd love to go and do that so yeah. i've sort of um been a bit i don't know how you would describe it i haven't had my heart set on going and doing a rally in the next couple of weeks if that makes sense and feeling like oh it's been cancelled yeah. how long do i have to wait whereas uh, the the Roger Albert Clark Rally is in um, in November, so I'd sort of had my uh, my eyes set on that, and that that's what I wanted to go and do. So I'm not overly disappointed that I haven't been out in the car recently. Yeah. Um, that's I mean it's it's a, a a colossal amount of time, money, and um, various things to go and do it. It's it's like five. Well, no, it's it's a season's worth of rallying in five days basically yeah 
so it's it's like 350 stage miles which i know it doesn't sound that many That's, but that is a lot it's, man it's it's a it's a, an awful lot of yeah um, yeah, 350 I mean, miles flat out. It's uh, it, it's sideways. In, in the forest, in, yes. in the forest, it's you know it's it's hard going on a car. You know, there's that it's more of a reliability sort of um, endurance rally than than yeah. anything. I mean, obviously the top guys go 110, percent but um, just getting round and yeah. finishing it's is an achievement in itself. Oh, yeah. So that's that's what I'm sort of aiming towards. If I can get an entry for it, then I'll. Um, I've sort of been saving, saving is, up to do that. Is your car classed as a historic? Would you go in like the historic class, yeah. or would you go yeah, in the sportsman's class? Yeah, or? that's. It's it. It was always built as a historic car. Yeah. Um, just basically a replica of what it was, you know, in the eighties when they were when they were building these cars. Um, they've they've allowed odds and ends um, to be used on it, but nothing, um, nothing modern as such. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a what will it be? I think it's a seventy seventy six on the log book. I oh, think can't gosh, remember. Forty four years old then. It's it is old. Yeah. Yeah. Old as me. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's like they're always good fun. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> now I look forward to seeing that. That'd be cool. And you know, m- moving on to current times as well. Um, You've now you've opened up a wheel shop, haven't you? Well, the family have. Uh, oh, that's uh, yeah, that's been going on a long time. But you, um, but you have noticed over the last couple of years, you've started to push it more on Facebook. That's absolutely. probably why I think it's um, new. Probably, you know what I mean. <laughs> definitely. I mean, um, Dad's been in business since uh, 1977, repairing yeah. repairing wheels to begin with, um, and then it was it was actually my mum that started doing the refurbishing of them twenty um, odd years ago. Um, and then my sister has opened a cafe um, like on our sort of site in one of the buildings that we yeah. rent out. And mum decided that she would help with that. And she's she's ended up baking all the cakes and that's just like spiralled out of control. So um, we, we figured out fairly early on that doing wheels and baking cakes wasn't going to, uh, it wasn't going to work very well. So, so I decided I would, you know, take on the the refurbishing and um, and that's just sort of it's just going from strength to strength, I guess. Really, yeah. um, it, it's not something that I ever that the refurbishing of the wheels I, I never really pushed too much because um, it was something that Mum did. But you know, when it's when you you do it yourself, that's um, I guess that's what you do. You just try and sell your services, sort of thing. Yeah. So you, uh, I mean, you got everything. You got it like. Um... Um, do you do powder coating as well? Shot blasting? We and, do, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. Um, s- some of the wheels I've seen you, you've straightened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know, see uh, some real horrors. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy mate, how you do it, you know. Yeah, yeah, we, um, we we see our fair share of badly badly damaged wheels that you they would probably look at and think, there's no way that's going to repair and, and, and we repair them. I mean, we, we would never... We would never repair anything that we didn't think was safe. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's... Or, or, or I suppose it's, it's when you do try and repair, it's at their risk anyway, isn't it? If you can't straighten it. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with wheels, though, the, I mean, if if you if you read on Facebook, um, the comments that you see about, oh, this isn't safe, wheels can't be repaired. You know, they they need to be scrapped and replaced with a new one. That they're, yeah. they're, they're just people hidden behind uh, keyboards that don't actually know anything about 
about wheels. That's that's not what they do. Um, you know, we've we've never had a wheel fail up to this. Wheels that won't repair. Um, we we would never charge them for having the look sort of thing. Yeah. You know, if we if we we said we'll we'll try it and if it won't repair, we you know we don't charge them sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think I think most people are probably aware that uh, the wheels had uh, had quite a, a hard life up to that point and um you know if we can repair it then that's brilliant but if not then not the end of the world sort of thing yeah i'm guessing most of those are from the rallying guys aren't they because i have not got a clue how you'd mash a wheel that much that much um no it's probably <sighs> difficult to say well, what are they I eating to bend them s- like that I would probably say it's about 80% um, road cars and 20% motorsport stuff. Um, just just potholes. That's that's what it is. Potholes and um, curve, things like that. The odd curve. That, that's, yeah, absolutely. I've, I've just got a couple of wheels um, yesterday that off an X5, BMW X5, that's a, a guy just ran over a concrete concrete sort of uh, curb. I'm, I'm just done with repairing them at the minute, so I'll maybe put some pictures on our on our facebook page um but yeah that's that's sort of what causes a lot of the damage is is potholes um i don't quite know how they are around your area but um you know in york and surrounding areas there's um there's plenty of potholes about um mostly dug by us um (laughs) uh, we're the guys that go around and paint the the orange paints around and we're black and leave business cards uh yeah we, we do all those sort of things yeah. yeah so you mentioned some of the big meetings you did obviously did you do the finland worlds or was it just the warm-up uh no i did the, the warm-up and the worlds um, so how, how did that go at the worlds then because there's not many people that get to go and do a worlds is there um no no i guess there isn't you know the depending on where it is um, the, there might not be many places um, available for your country. Um, I mean, Paul Worsley always has done his best for, I think anyone that wants to go and do an event like that, he'll always do his best to try and get you a place sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes, sometimes it just, there isn't enough places. Um, but, you know, Finland, Finland world was, it worlds was just, it was just brilliant. The warm up especially. I mean, so much fun you know i was i was old enough at that point to to go and drink and and uh, it was just a brilliant nightlife and the amount of friends that you know you make going to events like that from different countries um that that's one thing i've always said to people that uh that ask me from outside of remote control car racing um what it is about remote control car racing and it just being able to go and travel and meet people and from different countries, I think it's brilliant. So, you know, unless you went out of your way to go and travel and you wouldn't meet people like that from different countries. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd probably put Finland worlds down as one of the best events that I've been to. And the, the organization was just top notch. It was, it was really good. Um, just a brilliant track as well that was it was just epic and that was that was sort of when i met um people like kurt wenger um you know we had a a cracking week together just you know testing things and having a good laugh it was just it was just brilliant yeah really enjoyed that yeah we've had kurt on a couple of times he's a he's a good guy 
he is yeah he he was incredibly helpful that that week um and it, there was our oh, various quotes from from that meeting um uh, one one of them being when i think when the event had finished we we stayed and i think it was raining and kurt just he was just curious as to what what some changes would do on the the b44 at that time uh so he he was just underneath the rostrum and changing things on 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 the cars and he said oh, i'm just going to take a bolstered washer out all round on um on the camberlings and uh he sent me out again and he, he says oh how does it feel now and i just said it just feels more alive it's just amazing and uh it, it was just one of them quotes you know and it, it just sort of stuck from when we met up again in in america again it was just one of them things uh yeah but he's a, a quality guy is kurt uh, yeah, and like like we've said before, obviously there was. I suppose you've had the if it was the forty four then, would that have been the B four as well at that world? Uh, yes, it was, and we were. Hell of won it then. Yeah, and we were running two two chassis glued together with screws holding them down the sides. <laughs> that was uh, that was something we ran at the worlds. And what what? How did that change the car then? What was the purpose behind that? Well, it it just made it eight mil longer. And I think it was just, you know, that, that next sort of step forward for the, the grip levels and things. It just made the cars easier to drive with them just being just a bit longer. And, you know, you could, I guess you could move the, the battery around a little bit more. Yeah. So, so that was the start of the eight, the, the plus eight mil chassis then like the prototypes for that. That's it. Yeah. Okay. It was two chassis cut, cut down the, down the middle um and then and then glued back together but then the bits on on the prototype ones the the chassis that was half the chassis that was left over you basically cut the because it was a a molded chassis you cut the the inner ribs off the um where like the battery in fact was it the battery tray basically the sides in the middle you cut little uh, 90 degree tabs off which fitted inside the the corners of the chassis and then drilled and screwed them together ah uh, right yeah to to you know just strengthen it up again um, yeah, so i'm just looking at mine now just to see what you're <clears> on about yeah um if you got a if you got an 8 mil chassis like no, a, no a i've got one. no no i've got uh I've got two chassis. One's just not on a car, and then the other's the original chassis from day one kit release. Now yeah. they're both the same; they're the shorter version. Yeah, I think from memory, if you look on the the newer ones, they've just got like a uh, two molding lines down the across the car in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, I am gonna have to go and have a look at one now. There's loads to choose from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You like like I said, Ben sent me some pictures of his uh, of his collection the last few weeks and uh there was a fair old amount of b4s i was like well you've definitely got all of the parts <laughs> ben if, if anybody out there has got a b4 that they're looking for parts for he's not going to sell you any no he not. is ben is the reason whilst you can't get the parts it's because he's bought them all <laughs> yeah 
it is a quality car, the B4. It, I well, love the but, way yeah, it drives. It, we've, um, we discussed it a bit with Kurt on a previous episode, and uh, off-air, Kurt said if we, if we wanted to get him back on and really go in-depth into the car about why he made everything the way it did, literally from front axle to the back to the two screws that held the motor mounts in. Yeah. He would quite happily come on and talk about the car for a couple of hours and why everything just worked in it. And he'd go from the bog standard day one release kit like I've got all the way through to the the point three factory team versions you've got. And but yeah, like most successful two wheel drive car ever, five world championships back to back. Yeah, certainly just you know, it was just at that time when it was dominating the dominating the hobby. Yeah. Um and then, you know, things change, don't they? The tracks change and, and then rear motor's not a thing anymore and things just move forward, I guess. Well yeah, but I mean they still look good going round. I mean oh, they do. Wrong, I, I love the performance of the new mid motor, you know, low profile gearbox cars. But you can't beat watching a B four pound its way around the track in low grip. Yeah, definitely. You just can't. It's if you've never seen it, guys, make sure next time somebody's running a rear motor at your, your local club or something, really do pay attention to it because a well-sorted rear motor B4, it's a it's a thing of beauty watching it go around a, a track. Yeah, definitely. There's um, there's a, a rear motor only uh, event at Robin Hood later in the year. I don't know if you'd come across that advertised. I, have, I haven't come across it. I don't know if I'd want to run my B4. Oh, you'll have to find someone that's got a spare one for you to run. Yeah, if only I knew somebody that had got 12, 12 <laughs> spare cars. <laughs> yeah, it's just, with it being a day one release, it's... Yeah, um, absolutely. It, is it new it, or is it used? It's used. It's the car I ran as a kid. It's the one right. I had oh, as wow. a kid. Um, but, like, it's got the steel turnbuckles. It's got yeah. the steel ball studs. It's You put it anywhere near anything damp. And it's it's just gonna turn into a, a pit of dust. Yeah. So, and it's like all of it. It's the it's the black plastic arms, black plastic towers, um, skinny shocks. Were the ten mil shocks? Were they? Uh, yeah. And the the they're internal seals as well. I would imagine they're non-threaded, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Non-threaded. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was literally the one that came out day dot release. It, yeah. Ironically, it's still the. Oh, if I'd have known that, I'd have had them off it. It's still got, you know, the the original slipper pads. It's still got oh, an original the yellow ones. Set, yeah, original set of slipper pads, which are the same as the LCF, near enough, aren't they? <laughs> and they're they're the same size as the new kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some things just never change, I guess. Well, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and obviously it's got the Teflon out drives as well. Uh, yeah, they're like. Um... Like a grey colour, aren't they? Yeah, same as the shock bodies, but... Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, and trying to get them is like... It's like trying to find golden rocking horse poo. You're never going to find it. Well, it's it's uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I could run the B3, but then again, I'm in the same position with that. Yeah, that, I suppose that's the only thing with the old stuff. Is I mean, you're going to be careful driving them around, but uh, if there's a pride and joy, you don't want to be breaking them, I guess. Yeah, they're not designed for these stupid high grip tracks that we've got now, are they? They were designed for 
for grass, yeah. slower motors. I think that's the um, the nice thing about the event at Robin Hood is that it's it's being run on the carpet track on yeah. uh, I presume honeycombs. Um, so that that takes away the grip and um, just it. I, I guess it's as close as you're going to get to to that lonely sort of feeling of driving on dirt. Yeah, do you know um, if they're going to put a motor limit on it? Like, say, you can only run ten and a half max, yeah. something like I that. Wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought so, um, but you don't need a lot of power around that track uh, with a two-wheel drive, especially on honeycombs. It, it, there in there ain't too much traction out there. Just in just enough tonight, you know, drive around nicely. Yeah, nice nice mild ten and a half motor. I've yeah, had, have good days racing. Yeah, absolutely. Nah, I'd definitely be up for that. That sounds like it. That sounds like it'd be a, a blast from the past. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully, uh, Bradders will be there. Um, I'm gonna gonna build him a car, and hopefully, if he's if he's got time, he'll he'll come and race at that meeting. So uh, that'd be that'd be really good. Yeah. Um, I did actually send Greggy a message to say. Uh, that Bradders might be might be going going to that event, and he said, "Oh, I'm going to be at the Motor GP that weekend." And I said, "Well, yeah, but Bradders is going to be there." So <laughs> I said, I, "I said I assume you'll be uh, you'll be at Robin Hood then, watching the Motor GP on your iPad." <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, if it if it convinces him to come, if I'm there, I'll put it on the projector onto the side of the van for him. You can yeah, have it in like go. a eighty inch TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right guys we've just clicked over an hour now um, so have we got any last questions Chris before we let him go I haven't mate I think we've gone through everything um, yeah perfect Ben thanks for coming on tonight buddy you've no, been brilliant been, uh, it's been really good just to you know talk remote control car racing again because uh, obviously it's been massively lacking talking with uh, you know with people that that we that we normally see yeah. um, on a you know, monthly basis at least. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited just to to get back out there and and you know see everyone. That's that is one of the biggest parts of the hobby for me is 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 the people at the track. I just just cool. think it's a nice group of people. So check your calendar for the 25th at Taylor. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want, before we let you go, do you want to say thank you to anyone, friends, family, sponsors? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, CML. Uh, Although, you know, although I've not been racing, they've they've been more than helpful with um, parts for these these vintage builds. So I'm I'm very appreciative of of them. Uh, obviously, Reedy, the Shell, um, Bandicoot bodies, and then recently I've just um, I've just sort of uh, coupled up with Industry RC um, just for decals and clothing and stuff like that. So that, that's a new a new one for me. Um, and then RDRP, you know, Rudog distribution. Um, don't do too much with them now, but, um, you know, they've, uh, Sven's always been helpful in the past for, uh, for parts and, you know, just general help. So, uh, yeah, always, always appreciate people like that. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good guy. I've met him a couple of times over the years. He's a, got his head screwed on with it, hasn't he? Yeah, yes, absolutely, and, and and he's always trying to to move things forward and make make nice parts. So, um, yeah, good guy. Perfect, mate. Nice one. Excellent. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's been good. No
Cheers for coming on, Japan. I'll leave you to it. Excellent. See you soon, mate. Cheers for that, guys. Bye for now. Right. And with a bit more power of editing, he's gone. You're How welcome. You're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Yeah, no. No, it so, was great having a chat with Ben, wasn't it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I've, I've been looking forward to having this chat first time back racing, but in the same sentence, I'm half dreading it as well. So, Why are you dreading it, Russ? What did you get up to last weekend, mate? Me? I went to Telford Model Car Club on the Saturday. I raced two-wheel drive and I raced truck, but two classes in one day. I was like a blue-arsed fly you are my abs- absolute hero mate I was knackered and um, all together I in two-wheel drive I did my practice round I did my full four qualifiers and I did my final and in the truck I, I also did the same so so over this over the span of the day I actually spent an hour on track I had 12 five-minute runs and it was, it was really enjoyable a bit wet but you know it is what it is yeah good racing what did you get up to this weekend russ i've been racing to telford did um, you i yeah. didn't see you there Matt. yeah i took my lad uh, bruce he, we did practice which was amazing because the track was like bone dry i was like man it's gonna be yeah, wet yeah. so straight onto yellows perfect and then i did the first round i had a nice t- comfortable 12th in round uh, and then the second round same again really grippy put a bit more boost on my speedo as well because you know I felt like it was you know my car was a bit slow out of the corners I had a great round 12th in round I had one little rollover no dramas and the third round it rained so that was it no more for me what do you mean what do you mean by no more for you I you mean you, you mean you still went out but you just you're not very no just I marshalled I marshalled I marshalled Oh, you didn't take, you didn't, you didn't run the car at all. Oh, absolutely not, no, no. Ah, right. I have to have, it it needed a break, mate. It needed a break. Yeah, and to be honest, I didn't want to clean it. And I'm looking at it now across the 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 recording studio, (laughs) lol. And it's mint. It's absolutely spotless. I'm going to do a thing to it for the next meeting. You know, I'm looking so, um, at mine and it's exactly the same. I know. It's, it's funny you say this because Bruce, being a nut job, decided he wanted a race in the rain no, 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 and no, the no. snow. Let me just uh, let me just let's just get right to this. Not a nut job. Hardened racer. Yeah. Okay. But my six-year-old is a hardened racer. Decided he wanted to race in the rain and the snow. Yeah. Uh, with his car, so I was like, fine. That's that's no problems. You can we'll carry on. So in between racing and living in the halls, the heated motorhome van yeah, thing. I was going to say, when you lost him, uh, where did you find him? Yeah, he was always he was always in the halls motorhome. It was it was quite funny actually. With a, with a blanket and yeah. a warm drink. Yeah, yeah, the lady with the black coat. That's what he kept saying. I'm in the back, I'm being in the van with the lady with the black coat. Anyway, he decided he was going to race all day, and at the end of the the day, when I cleaned his car, as I, as I mentioned, you know earlier. It wasn't dirty. It, was, it just got wet, and you know I blew that off with the compressor. So in a way, I was off disappointed. I hadn't run in the wet because it wasn't that going to be that much of a nightmare cleaning the cars. Because nah. But you know, well, I, that's, I, I, where I, that, that's if, where I bought that size of compressor. Yeah, if it was a regional, I'd have made the effort. I don't know. If I, did I say that before? I don't know. But if you know, that's still stands true. If it was a regional, I'd have made the effort. You know. But I, I've only got one car, and I? I haven't got a wet car. So putting wet car, wet tyres on a dry car and just slowing the speed down isn't really enough, I don't think. You know. you know the answer. You know the answer, then, don't you, mate? Get a wet car. 
Yeah. I'd have to get two, wouldn't I? That's the thing. Well, no, because so. Bruce didn't care. Yeah, I well, know. <laughs> he just racked it anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. So, he's getting around all right, isn't he, mate? Yeah, no, he was, he was flying, mate. It was, right. it was quite impressive. Right. Um, yeah. We're going to put him a faster motor in for Friday. You're going to put him a faster motor yeah. for Friday? Yeah. I, told, I told you, no, I'm at Kiddy. Practicing oh, Friday yeah, afternoon. You're, you're doing practice day, aren't yeah. you, at Kiddy? Yeah, so, we got, so we're up there from... Well, we've got it booked from midday till dusk, but I don't think we'll be there till dusk. Um, till dusk. Yeah, so but he's got a thirteen and a half in it at the moment, and I'm going to put a ten in it. Nice. So that'd be that'd be a bit of a, a step yeah, up, yeah. won't it? Yeah, yeah. Still with the RPM front wishbones, just in case. Yes, yes. The unbreakable lifetime guarantee RPM wishbones. <laughs> they are perfect. Obviously, if it rains, you haven't got a lady in a black coat to look after the uh, child, have you? No, 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 no. So yeah, but no, it's good, mate. And your truck looked nice as well going round. We have been it, doing a lot it, of work. It, look, it, it did look good, mate, in the dry stuff. You know, it, it looks all right. Yeah, we have been doing a lot of work on it. Unfortunately, um, I struggled with it in the wet. It, it just didn't translate. The setup didn't translate from the dry to the wet. So I would have, I, I thought about, I went and got the wet truck. I say the wet truck, it's just the old 6.1 um, out, out of the van. But then when I got back to the pit bench, I realised I took a servo out of it, hadn't I? Oh, no. And I'd got one in my bag, but between running two-wheel and truck, it was just a lot of work to try and to get that truck going, like to put the servo in, centre it all up again, and, and faff doing that. So I just kind of thought, oh, sod it, I'll just put some wet tyres on the dry truck and run that round. Yeah. I'm going to continue, stupidly continue running both classes at the Telford series, even though I think it's... Murder. Yeah, well, I mean... They, they did, to be fair, though, they, they did space you out properly in the heats, didn't they? Yeah, they it's, gave you like a... that, it's, it's the swapping between driving styles. Um, in practice, in the first run, I put the 6.2 out, and in practice, I went the fourth, fourth fastest in practice. Yeah. And then... Just as the day went on, swapping back and forth in the cars. If, say, there had been 12 heats and a bit more time in between, and there was a bit more time to just chill and relax, yeah. I think I'd have probably been all right just running the two. But I, I just think it was that constant, you know, move, 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 move. You never got time to sit and just chill and enjoy it. I think that's what that's what did me for the day, yeah. to be honest. Because um, my, my B6.2D... It's it's a really nice nice car to drive in the wet. It's it's quite set up, you know, with running at Telford on the nights on as it got wetter and wetter in the in the winter where before lockdown came about. Yeah, I had a really good chance to set get a good wet setup on it, so mm. it feels comfortable in the wet. Um, but yeah, yeah. we live and learn. Yeah, uh, Chris, do you know what's really funny? Um, you know, I forgot my table on. Sunday and you put it in your van yeah. but when I saw you this afternoon for our social distance chat and you're like I've got your table well, oh yeah well, I never got it back off you it's still in your van yeah right so. shall I just bring it to Southport in fortnight's time yeah yeah. Ed if you're listening book us in we ain't going yeah. we're not emailing we're superstars book us in, <laughs> book us in. <laughs> bro yeah. so have you, got, you got any plans for this weekend uh, Sunday is the Coventry Spring Series. Okay. So uh, I'll be running 
the truck there, continuing mine and Jake's uh, truck war. Oh, brilliant. Real. So, yeah. he's going to get another paste in this weekend. Yeah. I've booked him for some racing. I've done, I booked him for Nemo in the ninth because I saw you'd done it. Yes, So I you're, you're going to learn, have a baptism of fire. I've learned how to be a well, pit man. Uh, this might be an issue, buddy. Why? Because not long after I booked him for that, they released the regional dates, didn't they? Yeah. And that same day is a four-wheel drive regional. Oh, mate. You know, you've... you've, you've you know, in a war, you know, on war zone, when you ping somewhere, when you're about to jump out of the plane, that's where you go in. You don't, you, know, you can't go anywhere else. You've already pinged it. You know, this right. is like. So what you're saying is, I've got to come and do. Well, yeah, you've you booked in and paid, haven't you? Yeah, I suppose I've got to get to Nemo now, and I. Yep. Oh well. Mm-hmm. You and better. Then, uh, and then you get you your better bat- get in the warehouse tomorrow and find me another set of batteries out then, aren't you? Yeah, you need to you need to uh, get some slide locks. Apparently, they're the thing at the moment. There. Slide lock, slide lock MCs, yeah. And I've also booked him for the two or the two drive regionals. I've me, booked him for all Bruce. of the regionals. Yeah. Um, but there's a few that clash with a few things, so I've got to make some decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Like the uh, there's a two wheel drive and a four wheel drive regional. Yeah. That clash with two of the Schumacher series we were talking about earlier. Oh, okay. So they'll be out. We're doing Nemo and missing one of them. I'm half thinking of just knocking the four-wheel drive regionals on the head. Yeah. Because I'm only going to be able to attend, from the look of it, one of them. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of racing as well, especially with the... Because you're booked in for the truck nationals as well, haven't you? You're doing all of them, like yes. Bouton and A1. Yeah, and... I, mate, my, my race schedule is absolutely chocker. The only one that I didn't have booked up until the end of August was this. I've got this Saturday. There's nothing on this Saturday and the 25th, but we've just arranged to go to Southport. It's, it's great being single, isn't it, mate? Don't you find? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah <laughs> no responsibilities, no nothing. No, so, yeah, Saturday the th- I've got Saturday the 5th of June as well, but I've got a funny feeling there'll be a Telford meeting on there as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so my first my first weekend off will be, from the look of it, the fourth and fifth of September now. Wow, you're gonna be a busy boy, mate. Well, I didn't get to race hardly any of last year, so I've just I just I'm gonna go absolutely mental this yeah. year. Well, the truck national should be good, shouldn't they? Should be good for a laugh. Yes, Especially with there's the, the rumor. There's a rumor. We'll have to confirm this with the press that there might be a certain. Uh, short course legend coming out of retirement oh, I don't know mate it's early days it's early days I don't know what What, what do you think listeners should I, should I um, go and race short course at the oh no I said legend nationals? mate I, didn't, I was going to move on to you later I am a short course legend I'm, I was the last Silverstone short course champion thank you very much really you've never mentioned have you seen it the, have you seen the trophy you've never mentioned it the trophy's massive it's like waist height is it? <laughs> is it nice and shiny and it, milled it out by uh, Will Speed? It's polished, mate. No. Why do you always have to bring that up for, man? So it's not the one that Kev Jones has got? No, 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 no. I let him win, man. He was cheating. He, he, he was cheating. He had the wrong numbers on his truck. He was running an illegal motor. 
It wasn't. Um, any, it wasn't just anything to do with the fact he straight sodded <laughs> off. <from there>. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with that. No, 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 nothing to do with that at all, man. No. Nothing to do with that at all. Yeah, just outdrove you, and you had a shocking, horrific final. I still came second, didn't I? <laughs> On the yeah, telly. Yeah, but you binned it like four corners into the race. I saw it, mate. Mate, I saw it live, Chris. You saw it live. <laughs> you know, you know. I will talk That's about these moments kept, when you, when you kept crashing, mate, because you were watching it live on the, uh, these, on the screen these, rather than driving. These moments when you look back and look back at things and wince. Yeah, that meeting <laughs> was like, really? Did that happen on the yeah, telly? Like, <laughs> I looked. I looked at a couple of uh, a couple of my runs last night like that. So, yeah, we were club racing last yeah. night at Telford out in the yeah. out in the good weather. Yeah. Um, yeah, some good racing. We were talking, you know, where we always kind of, you know, we get on to some of the juniors that we see, and normally you end up talking about like your Lewis Hopkins and your Charlie Saunders. Mate, there's the younger one of the two's snapping at the heels now. Little Harry. Harry, yeah, nice kid. Absolutely flying mate he was uh, you know he out qualified one of our former guests um, Mr B final in in Romsey Worlds in Italy no way he out qualified in Italy last oh, night dear yeah he was uh, Harry was pole in the B which put him ninth overall jeez did he win the final yeah. as well no, unfortunately, I think the uh, the the did Ian take him off the lack the lack of light and uh, you know took, a few Ian, other bits. Ian took him off, didn't he? No, he, he didn't. He didn't butcher him. Uh, Harry just had a few crashes, mate. Uh, I think we were all str- I struggled in the final because, as you know, it's kind of floodlit. But there's a couple of places on the track where you lose your car. Does it get wet it- when it goes dark as well? Really, I mean, you can get a bit of a dampness, but I wouldn't say wet, wet. Yeah. It didn't last night. It was bone dry, yellows in the final. Um, but just there's a couple of the corners that now matter where you stand on the rostrum, as the car turns, when it goes away from you, you lose the car. So mm. when it turns side on again, you can see it because, you know, you all run a bright coloured shell, so you can see it in the low light. But as it's going away from you or a little bit towards you as well, it's just black and it blends in with the dark, <laughs> the dark night. Yeah. So, yeah, I struggled with that last night in the final. I had a horrific final. So. Unreal, man. Unreal. We'll have to get you up there one of the nights, mate. Yeah, I, I should do. I should do. So, yes, I might come and do short course. I might. I'll, I'll work on you. I, I, I was, to be honest, Chris. After we've been, I know we've been on about you for ages, and I wasn't been being fussed because it's like another car, a set of electrics, and whatever. And I was thinking, thinking about it today, if I was going to race a short course, I could just take the electric plate out of my B6, couldn't I? And the motor, and just swap it straight over into a truck, and then race it that weekend, and then swap it back again. Yeah, you could. You know, Very because that, that's going to be a lot. Obviously, what it's going to half the price of a of a model. You know. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm always, I'm always, I'm always. I'm thinking, oh, what are you doing to me? I don't know. I'll work on you, mate. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll keep see. Point, I'll keep pointing out ways of how it's financially viable for you. Yeah. You know, like what you could always do, mate, is just you know them two drag cars that you've got that you turned. Yeah. That were. 
short course trucks. Yeah. You could just put them back, you know. I'd have to have a new truck if I was doing the national series, mate. Ah. You got you got to have a new one. Got to have a new one. Yeah. Got to represent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got to have the latest model, ain't you? <laughs> well, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll speak about having the latest model. I think you're a bit excessive, mate. Having two wet cars. Uh, sorry, a wet. I'm gonna I'm gonna list them: wet four-wheel drive, a wet two-wheel drive, and a wet truck. You think that's a bit excessive, mate? Well, it's not just it's not excessive, mate. It's okay. It probably is, but you know what it does? It just makes life easy. Yeah. Like the, I didn't intend to end up with a wet truck. Like. It, it wasn't an intention. Like, if I'd have intended to have a wet truck, I would have gone and bought another 6.2. Another T6.2. Yeah. But that was never my intention. Um, I'd got the T6.1 left over, and I was doing a bit of testing, and I just found that in the wet, the, six, the T6.1 rear arms still felt really good. So I just turned the truck that was already sat on my shelf into a wet truck that was all yeah. that was um and as for the four-wheel drive i've done it when back way back to the to the b64 you would i've jumped two or three places uh two or three finals in regionals on the account of it's all ev- all the heavens have opened it's peed it down and then people have gone, oh, I can't be bothered to change the setup on my four-wheel drive. I'm just going to put wet tyres on it. Yeah. Whereas I've just got a four-wheel drive that's set up for the wet. Throw it over the, throw that on instead. It's already got the same transponder in it. They're all cloned. Just throw it on the track and drive it. And yeah. because it's set up for that, I've made two or three places in finals on. Yeah. I suppose it makes sense, mate. I suppose it does make sense. Maybe I'm just too tight. I don't know. No, like like I say, mate, it's I don't tend to I don't have this is probably my only hobby that's expensive. My other stuff's relatively cheap. You know, like snooker, I can go and play snooker for three hours for four yeah. quid. Yeah. You know, it yeah. doesn't cost me anything. It yeah. costs me more in pe- it costs me more in petrol to get there than it does yeah. to play. <laughs> sit sit so, around a coke all night, you're cheapskate. <laughs> right, no. Bottle of water, 60p, looking alive. <laughs> Sweet. Right, mate, so, um, do we look at knocking it on the head before it goes way off tangent? Yeah, go for it. Do you want to thank the sponsors? Yeah, thank you to CML Distribution and Schumacher Racing. As we say every week, couldn't do this without you guys, so thank you very much, and thank you for all the lovely prizes that you donate at Christmas, and thank you for all the hard work that you do to keep this hobby as as fun and entertaining and as engaging as you do perfect so I'll thank the listeners so guys thank you very much for liking and sharing every week you are the best we really do appreciate everything you do for us don't forget to get involved in the group do you think I should get another short course and go and do the short uh, the nationals because you know I did short course for quite a long time and I'm, I'm thinking I might have another go let us know what you think is it worth it what you think? I might I might put one of them Facebook polls up on the page <laughs> Yeah, cheers, mate. Cheers. So, yeah, that's it, guys. Don't forget, every time you share, you get a ticket for the Christmas draw. When we do the draw, you you might win something like a a lot of our wonderful listeners do. So, Chris, that's about me done, mate. Thank you very much, mate. You've been epic this week. I'll see you next week. See you later, mate.